still stuck on the I didn't take criminal procedure statement. Yeah, because I never took criminal procedure. I and I think that was required when I was in yeah. law school. Yeah, no, not uh, criminal law was required, but not uh, at least not like advanced criminal procedure. I I, didn't, I took all these tax classes. I have enough tax classes to, you know, it was it was crazy the amount of tax classes I took. Host Melissa Rosenblum is one of only a few women certified by the Supreme Court of New Jersey as a criminal trial attorney. When you add kids, a booming law business, and a little black book full of subject matter experts, you've got the Mighty Merp podcast. You know, so, so I opened up the lawyer's diary and I went to the page for the Philadelphia DA's office and, you know, I, here I am. What do they want with me? So I scrolled down and I saw a name under the, they had an economic crime unit, right? (laughs) And the chief of the economic crime unit at that point in time was a guy by the name of Len Deutschman. Mm -hmm. So I picked up the phone and I called him. I said, and I remember the conversation. I thought he's going to think I'm like crazy. Hi, my name's, you know, Meg Horner. Uh, I'm an associate at Stradley Ronan. I'm kind of interested in becoming a DA. And he said, why don't we have lunch? I said, okay. So we met for lunch at the Reading Terminal. And uh, now, mind you, at the same time, I had actually also considered going into the FBI. I had actually gotten through fairly, fairly far in that process. I, I, I actually could see that as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. that does so, not surprise me. I, I wanted me. to change. I clearly wanted to change. So it was, I wanted to get into some sort of either prosecutor, FBI, something like that. So I, I have lunch with, with this, you know, this gentleman, Len Deutschman, the, the chief of the economic crime unit at the Philadelphia DA's office. And he says, well, you called the right person because I'm actually on the hiring committee. And we're going to consider this a first interview. Wow. And the next interview was before a panel. Mm-hmm. And very, and they happened to be hiring. And very quickly thereafter, I got, a, I got an offer, which was 50% of what I was making at the law firm. Well, that's why you have to be passionate about right. it. Right. So, <laughs> right. And I mean, we had just bought a house in Philadelphia. Uh, we didn't have children, but I said to my husband, you know, I would like to do this. And I did, I ended up making the switch. I will I'll ne- also never forget the conversation I had with the partner at the time, um, who was very, very nice, but he's like, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? Well, it's a big change of where you were, but... um... Right, he asked me what I was going to be making, and I think, I really think everybody thought I had a screw loose. Yeah. So I quit my job. I go to the DA's office, okay? Now, at that point in time, um, they they threw you right into, you know, and of course, I can't start in the economic crime unit. They have a path to get there, and it's a three-year path. The first year is municipal court. The second year is juvenile. The next year is waivers. And then if you've, you know, satisfied your three-year commitment and are are on the right track, then you can ask to be moved to a specialty unit. Correct. So So that's, you know, that's how the public defender's office was, but we started with preliminary hearings, probable cause hearings. Well, and that's what we, that's what we did in municipal court was preliminary hearings, Um, preliminary hearings. And then uh, misdemeanor trials, but the bulk of the work was preliminary hearings because, as you know, Pennsylvania does not have a grand jury process. They have preliminary hearings. So we, but those preliminary hearings are held at police districts. Yes. 
Yes. So I get my first assignment and I'm heading off to 55th and Pine uh, to handle preliminary hearings. I'm given a giant box of file of files that I have to go through and prep. And, you know, you walk into the district and it is packed. It's mobbed. And uh, at that point in time, the municipal court judge was Seamus McCaffrey, who ended up on the PA Supreme Court. It was it was like something I had never seen before. And um, I really was out of my element and I was concerned I had made a terrible mistake. I remember going in the bathroom thinking, oh, my God, like it it was just Right. So everybody's getting yelled at by the judge. I, uh, it, yeah, I was going to like say a deli I, line. You're calling out names and it's just moving so quickly. Definitely different than yeah, my so corner I, office up on the 32nd floor or whatever it was. Oh, my goodness. Stradley. Oh, my goodness. I had, you know, a very similar experience, but from the defense side, because, you know, you worked at the district attorney's office with the big box of all those cases. And I worked for the public defender's office. I had started at the public defender's office a few years before you. So we didn't, we didn't actually meet in court really until I think you came to the juvenile unit. But um, big box of cases, you know, uh, you know, there were could be up to 70 cases on those preliminary hearing lists. Right. And and it wasn't like that was your only day that week in court. It was Correct. nonstop, five days a week. I would say the only benefit that you had is you probably got yelled at a little less than the public defenders of us. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Just was a, that your first job out of law school? It, it, it was my first job as an attorney out of law school. While I was waiting for the bar results, I worked for a up-and-coming um, – company called market span which this is how long ago it was it was going to deliver new case law to your computer via email or via a site that was pertinent to the area of law that you were practicing and it was a startup business wow yes and it was a professor of mine's husband who started the business and i hadn't gotten a job yet. I was interviewing at the prosecutor's office in Camden and the public defender's office in Philly. And so that was my first job. But it, where did you grow up? I grew up in North Jersey in Passaic County. Okay. And then I, I got married right after college. I got graduated from college in May of 93. And I got married in June of 93. And uh, my husband at the time had a job in uh, Evesham Township as a school teacher. So we moved to the Cherry Hill area. He's from New York. I was from North Jersey. We didn't really know anyone. And I knew I was going to law school. So I applied to Rutgers, Temple, Widener, and Seton Hall. And uh, Seton Hall was too far to commute. And um, I was waitlisted at Rutgers and Temple. And when I went to Widener, I really liked the campus. I just liked the professors after my first semester. So I stayed for all three years. Right. And that's pretty, that's pretty similar to what happened to me. Waitlisted at Rutgers and Temple and ended up at Widener. And I, I did like Widener. I really did. Um, right. I wanted to just be closer to where I was working. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a commute. It was a commute. Um, but I didn't have kids. I was, you know, 
relatively relatively young. I only took a year off between college and law school. Um, but That's I, what I did. I, I do remember going into those preliminary hearings at those police districts and um, one, just being yelled at all the time by everybody yeah, in it the was, court. It was definitely an experience um, like no other. But, you know, I've stayed in touch with the attorneys that were in my class. They had, you know, you had classes that you were in. And there were 30, 30 attorneys in municipal court unit. And many of us have stayed in touch. Um, there was there was a camaraderie like no other. Right. Well, it was uh, like a boot the, camp. You know, it was, it was like boot camp. It really was. And I've stayed in touch with a number of uh, of people from that year. And we all we all talk about, you know, oh, those the days, the days of of MC. Well, the truth of the matter, though, is, is that if you could handle being a Philadelphia prosecutor, district attorney or public defender, handling that amount of cases and being able to think on your feet and, you know, so many of those judges and Judge McCaffrey was one of them that, you know, one moment they would be so nice to you and the next minute they'd be yelling at you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's a hundred percent. And I have said that you and I have said that before, but I have said that to younger attorneys. The worst day in New Jersey in court is is nothing like um, some of my days. In, well, yeah, in I remember. I remember saying to the law clerks, and this was a few years ago, in uh, watching a superior court judge in New Jersey. It was a criminal judge who was really upset with the private defense attorney who was not returning the court's calls, was not showing up for court appearances. And um, when it came to the day of motions, the judge at the end of the motions um, held the attorney in contempt and fined him like $500 and also reprimanded him in open court about being unresponsive and disrespectful and rude to the court and all of that. And um, the law clerks came out with their eyes wide open and like just shocked. And I looked at them and I, and Meg, I said to them, I, I know that looked hard and harsh and it was, but I'm going to tell you that is still a walk in the park compared to the way young lawyers were treated in Philadelphia. Would have been, could have been taken into custody. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about you. One time I had a judge threaten to hold me in custody and contempt of court. Um, wow, that's amazing. That's a, that's a story in and of itself. Well, I'm going to tell it because it's a good one, and I tell it to my kids. And I don't know what I did. I don't even remember the case, Meg. But the judge said to me, Miss Rosenblum Pizetzner, which was my last name at the time, Miss Rosenblum Pizetzner, if you roll your eyes in this courtroom one more time, I will hold you in contempt and put you in jail until a supervisor comes and explains why this is occurring. Outstanding. I have never rolled my eyes in court since that time. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely heard her loud and clear, but that's a great story to tell your kids. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my goodness. So you went from being at the district attorney's office, and and I know you were there for a few years and had a... I was there just just about three years, and 
made a decision to move back to New Jersey. And I, you know, when, when, when we moved back, uh, I couldn't stay in Philadelphia because there's a resident, there was a residency requirement for district attorneys, assistant district attorneys at that time. I don't think that's, they don't think they have that requirement for the PDs, but they did for they do not ADAs. And so I really wanted to continue being a prosecutor. That was, I saw myself as a prosecutor, identified with being a prosecutor um, and, you know, took a little bit of time, but ultimately was able to get a position uh, as an assistant prosecutor in Cumberland County. Um, now, by that time, by the time my job actually started, there was a lot of red tape to, with, you know, budgets and preholders and all that kind of stuff. But by the time I actually got started, I was five months pregnant with my oldest. Uh, and at that point in time, my parents were still living in Bridgeton. So um, that was another interesting conversation. First day on the job, letting the prosecutor, uh, Ron Casella, know that I was, you know, pregnant and would be going out very shortly. Uh, but in any event, I only went out on maternity leave for six weeks and came right back and traveled from my home in Summers Point to Bridgeton for a year um, with my young child and my very old golden retriever uh, and dropped disposited them off at my parents' house and then went over to work. And after about a year there, they sent me on a training down in Cape May Courthouse for uh, they needed someone to be a sexual assault prosecutor. And so they sent me to this training. and first day of the training, I met Dave Meyer, mm -hmm. who at that time was the first assistant in Cape May County. And I, I remember saying, hey, you know, if you're ever hiring, let me know, because it, the, the drive to Bridgeton was a little bit rough for a young mom. It's, it's a hard actually, drive. It's a hard drive for an old mom. I mean, right, you know, exactly. I have to, you know, drive there for court. And, you know, there's no easy way to get there is is what it is there isn't you just have to do it but so and it as it turned out as fate would have it cape may county prosecutor's office was hiring and then um it and what is interesting is that i'm told that one of the things that they really liked about my resume was the fact that i had the llm and taxation so i always tell people look you never know i tell young people who are trying to figure out what they want to do and maybe they'll change their mind Everything that you do in life builds upon the prior thing that you did. So yeah. there is no unwasted experience. It all, um, I think, makes you who you are. And I, for a long time, I thought, oh, what a waste. All those tax classes, the CPA, the LLM, that was such a waste of time. It wasn't a waste of time because I think it positioned me to be able to be um, hired as the financial crimes prosecutor in Cape May. Not right. that I ever really have ever used the LLM, but it was just an experience and it kind of set me apart. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mighty Merp podcast. This podcast is not a source of legal advice. No two legal cases are the same. Contact an attorney if you require legal assistance. Mighty Merp is a production of the Law Office of Melissa Rosenblum and the Niche Podcast Network. 